Welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I am Zen, and this is a podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next maybe somewhat exotic destination. Back with us again, as as she has been for the last couple of weeks, is Lee. Hey, hey, hey. And Emily. Oh, man. That was nope. not the excitement I was That's expecting. your cue. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. well in the last couple of podcasts i think we kind of jumped the gun when it came to travel um while travel restrictions in the u.s have all but disappeared i guess except for hawaii i think um and the eu is now welcoming u.s travelers uh, on a country-to-country basis you know they're just trying to figure this out now um many worldwide restrictions still remain in place and the other part is do you want to go if you know that you could get sick possibly so um we thought it might be fun to discuss some of the places in the u.s um that may worth maybe worth traveling to and instead of concentrating on a city or a state, we thought we would focus on a region, specifically the East Coast. So as you're going to find out, the East Coast is an ideal travel destination for lots of reasons. They speak English. Nice. Or, um, <laughs> or, or variations of English. Sometimes when I'm in Boston, um, it's, it's hard for me to understand. Um, there's a ton of history. It's great because they actually have seasons, unlike us on the West Coast, which is like summer, lesser summer, a little bit cooler summer, and then back to summer again, and um, <clears throat> and a culture. And we're lucky because Lee is an East Coast native and a recovering tour guide. Ooh, that is <laughs> so, true. <laughs> so before we begin... And she's, Oh, oh, sorry. Go. <laughs> what, what no, no. She's going to tell us about her great things. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. We probably should take a quick break. <laughs> yes. Before we begin and hear all about Lee um, and her experience in the East Coast and the, being the tour guide, which is awesome, we need a sponsor break. At 21, Steve Jobs founds Apple Computer. Colonel Sanders is 62 when his first KFC franchise opens. Success can come at any age. Need help jumpstarting your success? With thousands of courses and 60-plus certificate programs, UCI Division of Continuing Education can help. Courses are offered every quarter, so start today at ce.uci.edu forward slash amazing. Wow, that was all awkward, but... (laughs) 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 All right, and we're back. Okay, so yes, I did. I grew up in, on the East Coast, born in Massachusetts, but spent most of my life in New Hampshire, the Granite State, um, and the state that people pay attention to once every four years for the first in the nation primary. Other than that, we kind of disappear from <laughs> <the collective> consciousness. <laughs> but not mine. Um, and while I've lived almost half my life here in California. Uh, New England is near and dear to my home. Uh, I love it dearly, if only because it, not only because it has all of my family there, uh, but I miss fall and lots of other stuff. And there's not that there aren't special and wonderful things in all 50 of our states and territories, but there's some really interesting things um, back east, as we like to say. 
Now, for those of you who haven't really thought of New England before and wonder, is New England a state? The answer is no. no. <laughs> <laughs> New England is not a state. New Hampshire is a state. But New England is not. It's a collection of six states, um, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. Um, uh, collectively, there's there's less population there than I would say L.A. County. Uh, but that's okay because what they lack in population, they make up for in history and kind of some unique – a unique flavor. Now, if you haven't been back east for vacation, you might want to start with some of the basics. Um Cape Cod is a great choice. It's where a lot of the locals go. Um, it's known for Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, uh, Provincetown, which is right on the tip of Cape Cod, or P-Town as the locals like to call it. Um, they all have a very unique flair to them. Um, and it's where my family's been going on vacation now for, I think, the last five or six years. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. and of So course, what's the biggest draw when you're there? A lot of ocean. So um, because it is the that kind of hang off like finger of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. there's tons of coastline. Um, and so it gives you a lot of exposure to the ocean. So if you want to hang out at the beach, go fishing, um, either local fishing or deep sea fishing, whale watches. Um, you can take the ferry over to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's also... Uh, Did you just say Martha's Martha's Vineyard. The funny thing is, is my mom was here for two weeks and my mom has a bit of a, an East Coast accent and I'm like thinking about going home and I've been talking to my family more. So yeah, so my eyes tend to get dropped when I'm tired. Um, <laughs> Does your I'm accent tired. change, by the way? Does your accent change when you go? Not, you know, I think they make fun of me more for having a... California vernacular, uh-huh. which to the rest of the country, that does not mean that we talk like valley girls or valley boys. It literally means that we just use the word the when we talk about freeways and highways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so instead of getting on 95 to go to Route 1, we would, Californians, we get on the 95 to get on the Route 1. So, <laughs> so yes, I speak Californian in their world. Um but yeah, Cape Cod, it's also got some you know, potato chip fat. Let me see. I think there's the potato <gasps> chip Cape Cod potato yeah. chip factories there where they do have samples. Um, there's some interesting pirate history there, some pirate museums. Uh, and of course, my favorite ice cream. So <laughs> we know I nav- navigate my, my travels through my stomach. Um, P-Town in particular, Provincetown, um, is, a, is probably one of the, I would say one of the two or three most well-known popular LGBT communities in New England. Oh. Uh, it's been very open for decades. Uh, so it's like really- the San Francisco of the East Coast. It is. It is. And it really, um, it, it, it celebrates, uh, LGBTQI, um, issues and, and really does, it's just a fun place to be. We, you know, as a family, as singles and all sorts of stuff. So Cape, I would say Cape Cod, great starter set. Um, if you want to go the more traditional set, you could go up to Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Um, that's the summer home of the Bush family. They've been going there for generations. Uh, things to do up there are your typical kind of New England things. There's lots of lighthouses. Of course, you've got oceans for sailing and things like that. Whale watching. 
Um, and it's a great jumping off point to other um, main destinations, uh, whether that's York Beach, Wells Beach, and things like that. Uh, if you want to get a little witchy, uh, I, was I like to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you who remember U.S. history, Salem, Massachusetts is a hop, skip, and a jump from Boston, and it's the home of the historic witch, witch trials. Um, the queen, present queen, queen witch of Salem, um, Lori Cabot, is still active, as well as her two, I think both of her daughters are active in the Salem witch scene. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but they have a is, queen witch fun to this day. I love it. They do. They do they do have, have a parade? Um, they have a ball. <laughs> so oh, that's no. even cooler. Yeah, they have a witch's ball. Um, it reminds me of like the crew kind of balls that you hear about in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very prestigious invite only event. Um, you can't just crash it. Uh, my uncle was the chief astrologer for the Queen Witch of Salem. <laughs> no back kidding. in the seventies and eighties. Um, so I met her when I was in the third grade and I was, Sadly disappointed only because she didn't look like a witch. She looked like someone like my mom. <laughs> and my big question to her is, do you have any love potions? Because I had a huge crush on a boy in my class. Um, and she said, yes, please tell me she said yes. She did. She did. I mean, it, my recollection is it looked more like a novelty item. Um, which is probably appropriate for a third grader, <laughs> right. but they definitely oh, do yeah. have other th- other concoctions and stuff that are available. And she's active. Lori is active on social media. She has a Facebook page and posts Facebook lives from time to time. And she's got to be in her seventies or eighties. What exactly is her duty in Salem as queen witch? Like, what does she does she do things, or is she more of like a a figure? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is is this like a political position, like the prime minister, or is it more like being queen of England? Yes, there we go. <laughs> you know, it is, a, it's, it is a recognized position. So she, you know, there was a proclamation by the city of Salem to recognize her as the queen witch. Um, so it is kind of a public position. I would also say it's also kind of a, a business sort of thing. You know, she has, you know, her... She has an active shop and online stuff and events and things. And, but I, it's not elected. She was appointed. I don't know what she did to get appointed decades ago. It's a birthright. Um, exactly. She was, the, you know, she was the one who lobbied hard in the beginning. And I believe her daughters are active. So I don't know when she, when she passes, if it'll go to her daughters or if another coven or a <coughs> member of her current coven will That's take amazing. over. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're, you know, let's say that, you know, paganism, witches are not your thing, you should still go to Salem because uh, House of the Seven Gables, Nathaniel Hawthorne, um, the House of the Seven Gables is in Salem, Massachusetts. And it's got great history about um, the author and the times and some of the stories about prominent people during that time. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, and, and then, of course, Salem a lot of, you know, it's, it was fishing. It's known for fishing. So, you know, you can get some really fresh, fresh seafood there. Um, and it's Actually, Boston. The, uh, is this appropriate time to uh, talk? I, can I ask questions? I want to hear yeah. what you think about the food. So what, what do you like? What do you, so like when I'm on the East coast, obviously, you know, you had to get lobster because lobsters 
uh, they have different lobsters than we have on the West Coast, which are spiny. Those are the more typical red lobster kind of th- things that you see on like the, but I like uh, uh, that you see on the restaurant chain. But I like lobster rolls and chowdas. <laughs> I didn't say that right. What, what do you like? What do you like? You know, okay, I'm gonna don't tell anyone. Um, but I actually really didn't like seafood until I got much older. My family would do clam bakes and lobster bakes. And I was fascinated with the lobsters um, because they are live. And, you know, we could play. I mean, they got the little cl- things on their claws and stuff. Um, but now that I'm a, a, a more refined adult, uh, <laughs> I definitely I love lobster, though. I am probably the prissiest lobster eater ever, as opposed to my sister, Christina Chicky. My goodness, that woman well, she sucks, like, she sucks the meat out of every one of those, even the little tiny legs. Wow. Um, she eats the tamale, which, to, uh, it's not the lovely Mexican stuff, it's the, the green stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she, she eats her some lobster. Um, my fa- we usually, we typically get lobsters, uh, at, at, for New Year's Eve. And if it's over $6 a pound, there's a lot of griping going on. Uh, because it's, you know, it's just, They're cheap. Bugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, the prisons in Boston, there was a riot yeah. in the, the, the prisons because the prisoners were sick of eating lobster because it is, it's a bottom feeder. They're like, you know, we're eating lobster every day. We really want to eat something more substantive like chicken. Strangely enough, New York City had the problem too. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, but used to be, apparently there used to be a lot of, Wait, I'm fairly certain it was lobster outside of New York City. And then over the years, of course, they all died off. But yeah, all the prisoners didn't want to eat lobster every day. And so they rioted. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And if they saw us now, they're like, "Wait, what are you saying?" Um, the the pandemic has impacted my favorite uh, ice cream slash uh, restaurant drive in restaurant. Uh, it's Lone Oak Ice Cream, located in Rochester, New Hampshire. Fun fact: It was started by okay, one of the big milk companies out there is Hood Milk, and uh, the wife of the owner of Hood Milk ha- uh, <clears throat> back in the. 40s or 50s, they had a summer home in Milton, New Hampshire, off one of the lakes, and she really wanted an opportunity for the kids to get summer jobs. So she badgered her husband to start an ice cream shop in Rochester, right on the line of Rochester and Milton, and it's been open ever since. And they have had, up until this year, on Wednesdays, they would do a lobster roll special. So you get a lobster Whoa. roll and fries for $9.95. Whoa. Um, and this yeah. year, because of the pandemic, it's now $13.95 because of, of supply issues. Um, so let's describe what a lobster. I, I forget the. Why don't you describe a lobster roll? Uh, a well made lobster roll uh, is. Number one, imagine a a soft and a, I didn't realize this until two weeks ago or three weeks ago. The hot dog buns in New England may be different than the rest of the country because they're, they're no. softer and spongier. Yeah, my oh. my mom actually had to bring. I swear this is the truth. Um, she was she flew out to see my aunt Rochelle in New Mexico. My aunt said, "Please, can you bring me some hot dog rolls?" So my mom brought an entire bag, like four <laughs> or five things of hot dog rolls on the plane. Nothing else, but I mean, she brought clothes and stuff like that. But yeah, she brought a bag of hot dog rolls for her sister because that's how my family rolls. Yes. Um, so soft, spongy hot dog roll. 
Now, the lobster salad itself, it's going to have big chunks of lobster in it, like a, you know, some tail meat, some right. claw in there, nice, big, and chunky, and you're going to see it. It's going to be nice and bright, you know, red color and all that. You're going to mix in a little bit of like chopped celery, maybe some onions, maybe a little bit of relish, uh, some mayonnaise, or if you're trying to be light, maybe some Greek yogurt, a little bit of paprika and other seasonings. And it makes like a nice seafood salad. And then you spread that into the, the roll. Now, what I prefer to like, I like my rolls grilled slightly. It's kind of like the outside mm-hmm. of a grilled cheese. So you grill the roll mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. put it in. Um, and it is, and it should be absolutely overflowing with lobster salad. Like it should just be like, it's, it's, it's a cornucopia of lobster salad served on, you know, a, a nice bed of warm fries. And so that you really are going to get messy eating it. Um, so what's so, the yeah. temperature of the, the, the salad? Should it be served the salad cool is cold. or warm? Okay. The salad is cold. The, the bun will either be regular spongy bread or slightly warm and crisp with a buttery uh, taste to it. Um, and that is a, lob- a, a lobster roll. Now, I will say on the West Coast, my mom, actually, I took her out to lunch um, at Woody's and she, she ordered a lobster roll. I'm like, I, Elena, I what? cannot believe you're doing that. <laughs> but I was I was impressed. At Woody's, they served you three Hawaiian sweet bread, Ooh. like the size of oh. a slider, and Kobe, and the lobster salad was spot Ooh. on. Uh, and so yeah, so I actually I yelped about it because you know I'm that kind yes. of person, and uh, yeah, I gave them some some well deserved kudos. So yeah, because usually I'm disappointed by lobster rolls out here. It's like thirty bucks for what? No, thank. Oh you. yeah, they're not, and they're not very good. They're kind of anemic. I mean, they're anemic in size. And yeah, I'm not impressed. Yeah, lobster more, roll. yeah, a lobster roll. You should feel like you are getting like, oh wow, I am getting a treat. Yeah, I always like to talk about food. And mm-hmm. then is is crab as common? I like. I I'm more used to like the DC Baltimore area where crab is really super common. Is it uh, there are a lot of crab up in that area as well? Uh crab. Yes, there's crab, but you're gonna see more like clams. Um, and you'll either do clam boil, boils, <gasps> broils, or fried clams. And then if you're doing fried clams, the big thing is, are you going to get them with the bellies or not? My mom is an advocate of, she wants her clams with bellies. Wait, um, what does that mean? No I, clam strips for her. No clam. Well, she'll eat clam strips, but she really prefers like the, you know, the oh, whole gotcha. clam, like bedded and fried and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So, so like if you get clam strips, mm-hmm. Emily, so clam strips are almost kind of like more the muscle right. part. Okay. But like if you get like ones with a clam belly, it's, it's the whole clam. And then when you bite into it, it has a slightly, I don't know how to, I, I like it. Prefer, I prefer it that way too. It has almost like a, when you bite into it, it almost has a slightly bitter flavor as it kind of, op- uh, the, the organs open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the juicier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they're juicier. Say, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, a lot of fry, and it's the cool thing about you know going home to or going to New England in the warmer months, anytime from April to depending how early winter comes, like late October, is you're going to have a bunch of not only ice cream places but drive-in restaurants that are only open during mm-hmm. those months. Um, and so that, that's a real treat because you're, you're getting a lot of like, you have summer foods and it feels, it feels different. What's a, what's um, a drive-in restaurant? Um, you know, they're just, you know, d- <laughs> I have yet to see one that has anybody with like roller skates on it. Um, okay. That type 
Okay. Yeah, that kind of drive-in restaurant. So yeah, you pull in, you'll order up at the window. There may be some picnic tables uh, nearby, or you, you're bringing it back home or eating it in your car, stuff like that. Uh, and there's a bunch of them. Martin's Drive-In is one that I remember seeing when I was growing up. Um, Lone Oak is a big one. Uh, a lot of the ice cream places also serve like hot dogs, maybe burgers, uh, lighter fare, but you know, but mostly their their ice cream. Golics, uh, Golics. Oh, they just recently featured one of my pictures on their Instagram. Nice, because uh, <laughs> you know I I do that sort of thing. I do the socials with my with my ice cream. So. <laughs> Not me. Sometimes me, but mostly the ice cream. Um, is your social open? My social is open. So yeah. So I'm on. Especially uh, my Instagram tends to feature a lot more when I'm traveling. So mm-hmm. uh, creatively, C R eight I V L E I G H. That that is me. And <laughs> in about a month, there will be a lot of ice cream posts. A lot. So oh. I got to say, you have the best social pages. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like, I always, um, I've been, f- f- I mean, just because we're friends, not, not because you're, um, well, you are an influencer to me, Lee, but oh. um, <clears throat> you always have these great photographs of the places that you're gone and some of the funniest, I mean, you just have some of the funniest pictures of you and your mother on stealing motorcycles oh yeah i brought my mom to a biker bar um while she was here i brought her to cook's corner biker bar which is if you're if you're a motorcycle rider you know that or if you grew up in the 60s um and then right afterwards i brought her out to lunch at rose canyon cantina and then to a catholic abbey because i'm that kind of daughter um and that's why i i told my my siblings this is why i'm the number one child is you know i i get all of mom and mom's interests all at once. <laughs> so food biker guys a little bit of catholicism my favorite was actually bringing catholic her guilt. to catholic yeah you gotta get that oh yeah and i even went to a catholic church i went to catholic services and the church still stood um <laughs> I heard a creak and then I was like, oh, geez. Um, but, uh, but my favorite that I discovered, well, we had two. Um, well, that's, that's for another story, but yeah. Uh, casket, selling caskets for money. We'll just what? leave that teaser there. Yeah, no, but that's, that's out here. That's got to be a, a did you know sort of place. Um, okay. Yeah, fun with Elena. Like, we should just do a fun with Elena, like, episode because we had a blast. Um, Oh, but back to back east. Another place. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Chasing rabbits. Um, Portland, Maine. Okay. I love awesome. Portland, Maine. Oh, yeah. Brewer, if you like beer, you're going to love Portland because there are so many breweries. I think that I'm trying to, I try, I should have looked up the, the beer to person like ratio, but it's something kooky like that. Lobsters, of course, because they, they got a lot of Maine. Lo- it's called Maine Lobster for a reason. One of my favorite things, though, that we discovered, and this was an adventure with, an Elena, with Elena, the International Cryptozoology Museum. I'm going to say that one more time. International Cryptozoology Museum. Unbelievable. This guy has got, uh, it's two stories. Uh, it's located kind of in a mix between, a sh- a, like, I'd say a strip mall or an industrial area, but it is huge. And if you're curious about Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, UFOs, or regional, like, unknown phenomena, that's your place to go. He's got, like, a life-size, 
uh, Bigfoot there. Uh, there's there's just so much to take in. Teeth, artifacts, oh my God. footprints. That's incredible. Yeah. My God is right. I'm, I'm noting. I'm writing awesome. that down <laughs> next time I'm in Maine. It's it's so cool. And I mean, and you can bring, I, I wouldn't say super, super young kids, but a 10 year old, especially if they're kind of a weird 10, you know, most 10 year olds are yeah. weird. They're going to love it. Love it. So great for some interesting selfies. So big fan of that one. Portland's also got some you know, great restaurant. I mean, really good restaurant scene. Um, like I said, good breweries, some museums and even regional sports teams. Um, so whether you like hockey, uh, minor league baseball is a gr- big thing back East. Um, so you can catch some minor league games, uh, things like that. It's, it's super fun and concerts now that we're re- merging from the pandemic, Portland and the, you know, the, the local area gets some really good shows. And if you don't mind driving a little bit up the road, I'd go up to Freeport, Maine. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you can catch the LL Bean campus. Really? That's the only way you can cause it. Like classify it and just look for the giant ll bean boot and you'll know you're there uh and it's open seven days a week 365 days a year 24 hours a day yeah 24 hours a day so which is which is unusual in new england because i mean places was closing on sunday when i was growing up or closing at nine so the fact that they've been 24 7 seven days a week is crazy so yeah. Can I can I interject here, Jack, for a second? So Please. LL Bean was famous because they had a lifetime warranty, no ask, no no questions asked warranty, and so like if you had a pair of boots, people were starting to abuse it. And I think they finally had to stop it, but people would you could bring people were bringing their boots in that were like twenty years old, and then they would exchange it for a new set. Absolutely. And, Absolutely, and it got to the point where company people were actually going and finding all the stuff, LL Bean stuff, in garage sales, and just mm-hmm. coming back to return mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. so it was starting to get abused. But I was actually working in Portland, Maine, for uh, like a month or two. And the thing is that um, you know I love Portland, Maine, but like when you don't know anyone in Portland, Maine, and it's um, nine o'clock at night. And he got nothing to do. What would I would do? I get in the car and I would drive to this LL Bean store, which is like a two floor, huge outlet warehouse. Mm-hmm. And you and they had essentially the whole LL Bean catalog. It's like the size, essentially like a it's like a Macy's, <laughs> but the only thing they sell is LL Bean stuff. And they have some of the most amazing clothes if you're on the East Coast. Things like, Emily, you still may enjoy this. I don't know. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I have another friend who gets really cold. But they I have also get like, cold, but it's, yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm that friend. <laughs> he is. You are that okay. friend. So the thing is, they have things like jeans uh-huh. and their flannel. Lines. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, my gosh. They're those. so wonderful. And, and and not only are they flannel lined, I mean, they're just like, oh, they're so comfortable. And it's that warm, fleecy yeah. part. It's from um, from ankle all the way to the waist. Oh, and um, so, the whole, you know, you're being caressed by warm fleece. But not just that. It's it's all, quite often, you know, the striped fleece, like a tartan or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you turn it inside out, it's like a red fleece pair of pants. It, it, but... 
you don't wear them that way. <laughs> but it's just like they have some of the best, most amazing clothes if you had to deal with cold weather. So I, home, I love the LLB. Yeah, shop. home stuff to home goods. Yeah. Great stuff for dogs. Um, especially if you take their, your dogs places. Yeah. And that's their outlet too, right? So, so yeah, they they've, have, got it, they've got an outlet nearby. They've got a mat. Like their <clears> campus <throat> is massive. And this is, and it was a massive campus 25 years ago when I first went before everybody had massive campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you could try stuff out. I mean, I, I want to say they had a, like you could do archery that like if they sell it, you can try it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> hate to be the consumer, but man, I just love that shop. Or even just to check it out. I mean, it's in it, Portland, near Portland. There's also some outlets, uh, outlet stores there or not in Portland, but near there. I want to say it's not Kenny. Oh, oh, shoot. It's, the name is escaping. It's not Kenny Bunkport, but it's another K stuff. Um, there's outlets there. But quite honestly, if you're looking for a deal and you're in New England, um, go to North Conway. North Conway, New Hampshire, I should say. Um, lots of outlets. You can ski in the winter. You can enjoy fall foliage. It's near the Kangamangas Highway, which is a nice highway to enjoy leaf peeping. But they've all, North Conway also has tons of outlets, and New Hampshire's tax-free. There's no sales tax. There's there's also no income tax. Um, so you can buy. It's like going to a duty-free store, but the whole state's a duty-free store. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, North Conway is absolutely lovely. And if you're there around the winter holidays, um, or if you're there anytime during the year, there's a railroad that goes up through the mountains and that's a lovely ride. But if you're there around the winter holidays, you can do one of the original Polar Express reenactments where people should, and I've done, I have both participated as a guest and I volunteered as an elf. (sighs) Um, I, I got the pictures uh, to, to prove it. Uh, yeah, you you show up. Uh, we showed up in our pajamas, and uh, you get on there. And from on the ride up, you do get hot chocolate that is thick as chocolate pudding. It's so good. I don't know what they do, but it is amazing. Um, you have about a twenty, maybe thirty minute train ride, and then it stops. And you're in the North Pole where you walk about 300 yards. And that's where you're greeted by a sea of elves. uh, And the elves escort you up to the location where the book is read. There may be an appearance by Santa, uh, songs and videos. and, And then you get that you walk back to the train and on the train ride back. If you're good, there might be a gift where everybody gets a silver bell. Um, it's just a neat experience. <laughs> and all of the proceeds for the past 30 years that I've known it um, go to children's literacy, a children's literacy nonprofit. Nice. So, yeah. So, it's a super great experience. Um, and that's that's North Conway, New Hampshire. So, uh, so that's a fun one. If you're also in that part of New Hampshire and regardless of the time of year, check out Mount Washington. It's the highest peak in New England, which if you're anywhere else in like the West Coast or, or even, you know, up in Montana and stuff, it doesn't, you know, it's, it doesn't compare to that, but it's, 
It's got the highest winds on record. Uh, it's got some really gnarly weather <laughs> and beautiful views. Um, and you can get up there year round. They've actually got these things called snow cats that are like, if you mated a Hummer vehicle with a, uh, like a snowmobile. Yeah. And then gave it like, I don't know, a shot of like testosterone and adrenaline. <laughs> um, that's what it looks like. And they go, up the mountain. Do those have tank tracks? It looks like tank tracks, but also yeah. like really, yeah, tight grippers. Like tank tracks with like spikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh my God. <laughs> so now, if you're going up and down the East Coast, so like you've kind of, you've mentioned a couple, you've talked all the way to Maine and you come on down um, or vice versa. Um, would you go by car? I, I would definitely get a car. Uh, there is decent public transportation, and when you're in bigger cities, Boston, uh, you don't need a car. Um, right. And also, if you if you like taking the train, there is the Nor'easter, which takes you in, up from Portland down to Boston and beyond. Um, and that's usually the way I – when I'm back home visiting family in New Hampshire and I want to go down to Boston, I just take the train. And then the T, the, the uh, subway, you know, the above ground and below ground subway um, – that's a, a, much easier than trying to deal with uh, Boston. Uh, the other thing, but it helps to have a car, especially if you want to go leaf peeping in the autumn. I mean, quite oh, honestly, yeah. it, and growing up in New England, I, I will own this. I I couldn't understand why all these freaking people were coming to my state and driving so freaking slow on these on single lane roads just to look at stupid leaves. And I was I was hardly a very hospitable person. And then I moved to the South <laughs> and realized... Not everybody gets to that, that like the purples and the reds and the, the bright oranges, oranges and the yellows. And the, yeah. Colors. yeah. And I got into an, yeah. And I got into an argument with, a, with somebody in my grad program and I had to order a copy. This is back in 1990, 95. Um, I had to order a copy of Yankee magazine to prove that the colors really did turn purple and orange and yellow and all that. Um, <laughs> I was, and then I realized like, wow, autumn is, is a thing. <laughs> so yeah, I do. When I, if I, I was home a couple of years ago in, in October and man, I brought, I brought leaves home to California because they were just amazing. That, so, you know what? That is one of the things I, I, I'm not an East coaster. I'm a Midwesterner, but that's one of the things I really miss about um, that part of the country is just fall and the colors and the temperature um, and mm-hmm. the smells and such. And, and it's just like, if you have a chance to go during the fall, I mean, one, that's kind of one of the ideal seasons to go. I think I, I like spring and fall. Sometimes summers can be a little bit warm and humid. Yeah. And the, the thing about fall though, is unlike planning around something like Mardi Gras or a lunar festival or something like that, the peak leaf peeping changes every year. And it's lit. I mean, consult the farmer's almanac and then just wing it because you, you never know it, depending on rainfall and temperature, you could go there and it is absolutely spectacular. Or like one year there was snow in October. You know, oh, <laughs> it no. didn't stay, but yeah, there were, there were many of a uh, thing, uh, Halloween where we're wearing our, our snow gear over our costumes. <laughs> it should not snow before Thanksgiving is my, opinion. <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah, but. I don't think it should snow before Christmas Eve, to be honest with you, but that's just me. Um, and speaking of the winter holidays, if you want a really good experience that is, I have to say, I, we've been doing it now for more than 20 years. 
uh, go on a sleigh ride. Uh, it's you could do the tube, you know, a really small, like tiny sleigh ride, or like if you're like my family, where there's probably like oh, any on any given year, thirteen to twenty of us, we do it. It's it's on the equivalent of like what you'd imagine a hay wagon, uh, and. It's, it's super fun. There's a number of places that do it. We've been going to the same place in Lee, New Hampshire for, gosh, at least 15 to 20 years. Uh, it's, it's nice because he's built a yurt, a temper, you know, a, a <laughs> canvas structure, uh, that you can warm up in. There's a wood stove. You can make some hot chocolate or tea there. Uh, it's a good place, a meeting spot if you've got different people, different parties coming. Uh, the John, the owner, dresses up with the top hat and the cape. Uh, my mom brings Mitch Miller Christmas songs, and we sing every year, and wacky Christmas hats, and we sing. Oh, and he provides blankets. So, Emily, you can bundle Love up his tons of Thank blankets. <laughs> and the horses are giant workhorses. So imagine, like, the Budweiser Clydesdales. Yeah. But they actually do work. Um, Year-round, he's got an operational farm. He So you can see, like, Goat, uh, sheep. The, the, he's got usually about four to six horses. He's pulling wood. He grows during the uh, during the normal year. I guess the rest of the year when he's not doing sleigh rides and hay, he does hay rides. He does a sunflower festival where half the proceeds go to the Make a Wish Foundation. At Halloween, he does a corn maze and he works with this engineer um, that from the sky. There is a, the design looks like a different animal, so it could be a bat, a frog, um, a bumblebee, and in the maze itself are clues and tips about that particular animal. So you're learning as you I go. I love it. Um, it's got, super cool. I got two more things to throw in there for you. Mm-hmm. Is um, for seasonal is that if you've never done it, ice skating outdoors. So. Yeah, you know, so the thing is that during the winter, you know, they they can just, you know, the ponds turn into ice skate rinks, natural ice skate rinks, mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll just like block off a whole area and just pour water out, and then there's places to skate. And even in the cities like New York City, or which is not, you know, like if you go New York, Washington D.C., all those places, they actually have ice skate rinks in the cities, and they're mm-hmm. just amazing to be able to skate outdoors. Um, like, because anywhere on the West coast is just like, it has to always be indoors, you know, to be out in nature and do something like that is a lot of fun. Oh, I was going to say, do you guys toboggan over there? We go sledding. Um, toboggan's a pretty darn heavy to bring up a hill. Well, we Uh, had, um, we had toboggan, um, uh, channels. Essentially it's like, uh, if you're, oh God, what's it, what's it called? Um, they actually had special toboggan things where you just, you climb up and it's like a big slide. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some places that do that. Like it's almost like Alpine slides during the academic year or I I say academic year, the rest of the year. (laughs) Um, what some of the ski parks will do is they'll have a tow rope, Mm -hmm. um, a tow run. So, you know, you'll have a, a, like, um, what are they called? Like, like inner tubes that you, you know, will get towed up and then you can slide down. And that's nice if you're, you know, older and stuff like that. Um, magic sidewalks are amazing. Oh yeah. We don't have, they're probably at some of the bigger ski places, but I've never seen them, but we would just, I mean, we all had sleds and we'd go, yeah, we'd go. Some of the public golf courses will allow you to go sledding there. 
Um, others do not, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, sledding's a huge deal. My brother-in-law, um, when they, or my sister and brother-in-law used to have a pond at their previous house and they'd, you know, they'd flood it and he'd actually like kind of grade it a little bit so that, you know, he and friends could play ice hockey. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, like literally if, and, and I, oh gosh. And because, you know, Rednecks are universal. Uh, <laughs> some of the ponds, the uh, Milton Three Ponds, what they would do probably late January, early February is when the ice is thick enough, um, ice races. And that is when you drive your car on the ice and they would have like the equivalent of a track and you're driving around in your beater car and uh, yeah, and, and racing and, and hoping that the ice is thick enough. Otherwise, I mean, you've got people who are Jeez. ice fishing. You know, and they'll have like either like little bob houses that, you know, it looks like almost like an outhouse, but as, or you can buy a temporary one. Um, it's to keep, in theory, to keep you warm, or it's a place to hold your beer while you're, quote, fishing. Oh, it's um, to keep your beer from freezing is actually yeah. what it's designed yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so ice fishing's a big deal. And, and inevitably, you know, you've got those people who forgot to take their bob houses off in time for spring thaws. <laughs> so you start to see them fall in. Uh, snowmobiling is a huge one. Uh, yeah, lots of people do that. Uh, cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, snowshoeing, all popular. Uh, all things I don't do. So <laughs> things that my family does that I don't is really that, that category. That's why you're here. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> exactly it. I, I go home to remind myself where my shoveling muscles are and then come <laughs> back here. Um, but yeah, and then you know, and there's just such rich history. And some of it is, you know, it, as like the Freedom Trail, which is a red line that goes all throughout Boston that has you know significant things about the revolution to uh, Lizzie Borden's bed and breakfast, where if you remember the story of Lizzie Borden taking an axe and giving her father 40 wax when she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41 or oh my God. vice versa. Um, you can stay at her house <laughs> nice. in Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, so things like that. There's... In Connecticut, I, I feel bad because I haven't talked much about Connecticut or Rhode Island. Um, there's Gillette Castle, not to be confused with Gillette Stadium, which is the home of the Patriots, which in itself should be a castle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a big giant stone castle in East Haddam, Connecticut, which is, it kind of looks like it's from the British Isles, um, which, which is cool. Um, the longest candy counter like old time candy counter at 112 feet can be found in Littleton, New Hampshire. Uh, that that's always a cool one. Do you recall the name of the place? Cheaters. C H E E T E R S. Um, and so I thought it was interesting that Littleton has the longest candy store. <laughs> uh, so that's one. Another one that I really like since I'm kind of in the British mood is America's Stonehenge. It's uh, a number of like Stonehenge, like stone structures uh, that were created, they assume, by some pagans located in Salem, New Hampshire. They've got some great, it's, it's a nice outdoor walk. Think um, botanical garden meets Stonehenge uh, with some historical facts and stuff. Great for, you know, a family. You, know, you could take a family of all ages and kind of walk it. Plus you can kind of go up in the trees, great views and stuff. Uh, I really like that one. I think my niece was like seven when we brought her. Uh, 
And then Bedrock Gardens is another, there's a lot of great botanical gardens, which when you live out here where you can grow things year round is like, oh yeah, whatever. But when you think they can only grow stuff for less than half the year, botanical gardens are kind of amazing. But Uh, you know what's interesting about the East Coast is I recently saw an article um, that that was doing a study about things like, you know, we're talking about trees, right? mm -hmm. The diversity of trees on the East Coast versus the West Coast, like the East Coast apparently has like two to four times as many different types of trees as they do on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Just because of the weather, you know, like, for example, Apparently, things like maple trees and oak trees need essentially four seasons proper um, to live and and to thrive. But you can't grow those things on the the West Coast as opposed to some of the West Coast trees, like pines, um, grow anywhere you want them to. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very interesting when um, I first moved to California versus, you know, the Midwest or seeing the East Coast. The East Coast kind of looks like the Midwest is that you're very used to the flora. Mm-hmm. When I moved out to the West Coast, I looked at the flora and just like it, it was almost like, you know, like being in a dream because it's like, oh, these everything looks right, but something's not quite on, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a simulation being in a video. And it's like it was because all the trees weren't right. You know, like mm-hmm. all the trees and all the plants, it's just like, what in the world? So, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's beautiful about the East Coast in general is just how much, I mean, the idea of woods, um, just like tree after tree after tree after tree after tree after tree, and just being so thick that you would not be, barely could walk through them and not see anything except for trees. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it's funny you should say that because my, my, my ex-husband had an amazing sense of direction and he could take him someplace once and he, he could remember the routes. And we went home so many times during winter that I, I would just let him do the driving because he knew he, where he was going. We went home. The first time we went home in summer, he's like, Lee, I've got no, I'm like, well, we're just going to go drive over to you know my, my siblings. And he's like, I've got no idea where we are. Because everything was so green, it completely transformed. He's like, I, I don't ever remember seeing this, mu- this many shades of green. And I'm like, you're, you're right. You know, it's, it's a completely different place. I, and that's what a lot of my family say, and friends say is, you know, when I go home and I might complain a little bit about the weather uh, from time <laughs> to time. And they're just like, yeah, but I love the four mm-hmm. seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I prefer the four season musical group, but you know, to each their own. <laughs> I, I do want to give some love to a couple of the states I haven't mentioned yet. One is Rhode Island. And it, it's not unusual back home, back in New England, that people might have a, you know, you have the house you live in and then you might have a camp, a summer camp that you operate, you know, and it will be a very, rudimentary building that you could not live in year round. That is just, you know, you put all of your old discarded furniture there, but it's where you kind of entertain family in the summer, you know, to go to the lake or go fishing or have a cookout. Well, if you go to Newport, Rhode Island and you see the summer homes of the Kennedys and the Vanderbilts, uh, that brings summer homes to a whole new level because these are like from the gilded age, uh, it, it's they're just I mean whether it's the breakers and stuff like that they're spectacular um, and it's a it, whether you go inside which I highly recommend just to tour at least one or drive along uh, the roads it's 
it's it's amazing. So I got a question for you, Lee. When mm-hmm. I was a, a very young lad, my parents, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience going up and down the coast with my parents. And in the Rhode Island area, um, I don't know if you know the answer to this. There's a ton of castles. Mm-hmm. What's up with the castles? Is it just from rich people from, you know, like 200, 300 years ago? Or so, like, if you're going up and down the coast, there's a lot of castles, and some of them have been turned into kind of uh, museum kind of places. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're beautiful with gardens, and it's just like everything you might expect from a British castle. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any insight to those? I think some of them were the like some of them were I think carryovers from okay I lived in Britain I came here I want a structure that represents it I think some are the whim of really really rich people who have too much money and not enough time and and built castles or shipped castles from ah. from Europe over. Uh, and it's yeah it's kind of crazy shipping castles Uh, and and there's yeah road shipping castles you know because why not you you bring (laughs) them over brick by brick uh, because you don't want to just have a low you know make something here you want a proper british uh castle or european castle uh there's a a great place called uh, castle in the clouds which is in new hampshire that is is it's more of a modern take of that uh, but yeah, it's not on you. What you described Zen is, is absolutely true. There are a number of castles to some level. I mean, some have been maintained better than others. Some are just like dilapidated stone structures uh, that are still out there that you can see and you might just stumble upon them in the woods. So yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And, and I just remember some of them on being on, you know, as a kid, like, it's a castle on a cliff, like a British movie. And mm-hmm. and they even had things like carriages on the inside of their horse-drawn carriages, the carriages themselves. And it's like, what in the world is this? And, and it's just amazing to go check them all out. But um, very interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I just, I love going to antique stores. And stores oh. is a really loose term um, back east because old, I mean, Granted, anybody listening from Europe is like, or Asia's rolling their eyes right now. But I mean, old stuff there is just cool. And you, like, they just sell stuff. Like, you have no idea what some of these things are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I go to antique shops here on the West Coast, I mean, when I see toys from the 80s, I'm like, I'm not an antique. <laughs> Get this crap out of yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. But you're seeing stuff from like, literally, it's not unusual to see stuff from the 1800s. I found a cookbook for a friend of mine that was written in late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And I think I got it for like... Three dollars. Amazing. So crazy. I being from the Midwest, I used to collect antiques. Antique is something that's over a hundred years old. And I would go out to different antique shops and things like that. And you're talking about these odd things. Like for I remember one time someone handed me something and it looked like a crochet hook with a wood handle on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're like, Do you know what this is? And I'm like, No, I don't. And he says, This is a button hook. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of these, Emily? So what it was is like if you had like a corset or a pair of yeah. shoes, shoes had buttons at one point. Yes. You would slip it through the hole and then the crochet top would actually grab the button underneath the, you know, where it was sewn on. And then you can drag it through the hole and then put, so like button hooks. Um, I met a ton of people collecting these things that have no use today. 
<laughs> Unless after I went to a buffet so I can put on my jeans. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just really neat to go to all the antique stores and just wander around and look at that stuff. And it's like hyper expensive on the West Coast. Um, but on the East Coast, it's like so many things are just cheap. Super cheap. Super, super cheap. Um, yeah. And then I, I, there's just so much more. Um, to give a shout out to Vermont, um, because I haven't said anything about Vermont. Love the city of Burlington. Uh, it's a great, you know, it's a small city, but it's home of the University of Vermont. And it's located on beautiful Lake Champlain, mm. which has its own monster named Champ. So if you're lucky and you're hanging out on, you know, on the water, you might get a sighting of Champ. And, and to connect it back to the International Cryptozoology Museum, yup, there's information about Champ, the Lake Champlain monster at that museum. I cool. actually think I've been to Lake Champlain <clears throat> and I did a, like a dinner cruise on the lake. And then afterwards I got hot chocolate and it's like the best hot chocolate I've ever had from one of the shops. And I don't remember mm-hmm. what it's called, but I remember the lake's name and I was, I couldn't remember what, that's all I remembered, but you just brought back a memory. Now I, I want that hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we've been going at this for nearly an hour is there any i mean i know it's it's the whole east coast but is there anything else that we should like talk about you know to give some people some ideas and jumping off points before we go uh you know go there i mean that's the only thing i can say i mean and and have an open mind and get out to the small town you know get enjoy the big places and explore the small ones too I love it. I could listen to you talk about the East Coast uh, or New England specifically forever. I love it there. I have family in Boston um, and actually no longer New York. Used to be New York, um, but mostly just Boston now. And so I used to go over there just only during the winter, really, and sometimes during the summer, which is like the two seasons that you did not recommend. (laughs) But we would go there for Christmas. Uh, because of snow, obviously. But man, I want to go back and like explore, explore. Because like, I don't think I've really done that, even though I love just being in Boston, the suburbs of Boston. But listening to you talk, Lee, I need to go back during spring or fall and <laughs> go to the Cryptozoology Museum for sure and try. I don't know. There's just so much you've talked about. I could listen to it forever. But we must end this now. <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for tuning into our East Coast Adventure podcast. We hope you guys had as much fun listening as I did. <laughs> and what do you guys think? Let us know on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. And if you're newer to our podcast, check out some of our older classic episodes because we do talk about places like Florence, London, and of course, France, just to name a few. Meet Us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for the professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.